0: Whoa! Good morning, good afternoon, good night. This is Connor Hallway of the Golden Hours Podcast. And listen, I just ran an episode with my close friend Mike Rosa of Anabolic Aliens. In terms of some hashtag GDP value, Mikey Bonkers came through on the caffeine pills and he was ripping it the entire episode. Quick takeaway. Mike discussed, if you're trying to get into the influencer space, some of the early mistakes he made in terms of working with brands that he didn't necessarily support taking the early check on how to grow his business and he discussed how he uses some of his social platforms as marketing tools to drive sales and generate eyes towards his app, which is very important because he has his own business now outside of social media. Also, at the beginning of the episode, he discussed, hey man, it's seasonal. This is how you can start a lean bulk. If you want to gain some muscle this fall because a lot of people normally want to do that summer's over, this is how you can do it easily. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Send us a message on Instagram if you enjoy it. And that's a GDP Minute. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer.
1: Oh, oh, wait. Was that not
0: it? Enter. Just, you forgot to enter. Before (laughs) we start, my name is Connor Hallway. I run the Golden Hours Podcast and I run Golden Deer Productions. And the only thing I ask is if you are listening or you are watching, hey, man. Just share the podcast with a friend if you get any sort of value. If we do our job, you guys watch, it's like, hey, I learned something, or hey, I caught a laugh or two. Just share with a friend. Hell yeah, you better. And honestly, if you wanted to subscribe to the podcast, that'd be sick, but you don't have to. And also, before we start, we have a new, not new to the Golden Deer camp or to the show or even to Mike's camp but a new live producer for the show. And I think this young man is going to be great moving forward because he's on the ball like a psycho. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, he kills it. Okay. Introduce yourself.
1: What's up, everyone? You already know me. Surf Mike in the building. Um, <laughs> excited to be here. Excited to be producing this episode. We got Connor. We got Anabolic Aliens. It's going to be a good time.
0: So this is a, a slight clash of worlds for Mike because Mikey Bonkers, and I call Surf Mike Miggity or Surf Mike Mikey Bonkers reached out to me like two months ago. I said, dude, I'm trying to form a team. And I, he said, I need someone who's on the ball, who's going to be on it. And I was like thinking of a bunch of people. Then I was like, wait, Miggity? Surf if Mike? No, no, no. Not, I don't know who Surf Mike is anymore. <laughs> that that name might come back. But Miggity? All right. Really? Miggity? What
1: the fuck does Miggity mean? <laughs> it's almost demeaning, but like, <laughs> I like it. Miggity.
0: Okay, well, Surf Miggity, Surf Miggity. That dude is always on time. He's always early and he always gets his job done. That's the type of guy you want to form a team with. And so I looped you guys on chat and then you guys been in your honeymoon phase ever since.
2: <laughs> hey, if he's in the new producer for you, all I'm saying is he's still my employee too, so you better not take away time from me, bro.
0: <laughs> you'll probably be doing cardio when we run episodes, so we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what yeah. what have you been doing specifically for Mike's camp?
1: So right now I'm Running the blog, which is soon to be dropping for anabolic aliens. Um, I've got a couple blogs done, um, and that's been the main project as of
2: right now.
0: That's for the website?
2: Yeah, so basically we're going to be having a whole blog section, which is going to be completely new for my website. It's going to be called The Signal, and Max is going to be writing a lot of the articles, basically transcribing my YouTube videos and Instagram content. So we're actually not really making new types of content. What we're doing is organizing old content and recycling it into new material that's organized so you can easily get more value from it.
0: So okay. <laughs> Mike's ready to go this episode. Let's go. Let's fucking go, dude. Um before we move on, can you introduce yourself? You are no stranger to the GDP camp and this is your actually your third episode.
2: Let's go. Hi, I'm Mike Rosa. I own Anabolic Aliens and Basically, my main social media is YouTube, but I'm on all the platforms, and I have my own website. Where we do custom training and all the good stuff for the good gains, and then I have my workout app, Surprise,
0: And we threw a party together. We did. Which was a blast, and so we've been taking kind of a business shift with the podcast recently, and so pretty much all we ever normally discuss is like how to grow a business and how to try, so I was like, dude, obviously got to get Mikey Bonkers up here to rip it, <laughs> because at all... Of kids our age, and I call I say kids loosely, you're probably one of the few of my friends who are solely focused on business. And I think it's it's going to be interesting hearing that, dude, 80% of your life now is business and 20% of it's fitness. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, it's definitely come to that point, but luckily, both of them intertwine, so it's not like one's really taking away from the other.
0: Isn't that fire, like you're living your business?
2: Dude, I love what I do, too. That's even the better part.
0: Okay, so let's first off, let's start. We're gonna do a little two-faceted episode today. We're gonna just do a brief rundown seasonally about a lean bulk, how to set one up, and then we're gonna transition into some business talk, okay? Let. All right, so I've I've used some of Mike's calorie programs. We talked about this about I got really cut doing your microcycling. It's like fall. So if there are some corporate dudes out there who don't necessarily have the ability to get to the gym five days a week and really monitor their eating, how would you say effectively they can lean bulk? Because this is kind of the season where people start.
2: I mean, it doesn't really matter if you're going to the gym or working out at home because the bulking aspect, people think bulking refers more to what they're doing in the gym, but it actually refers to what? going on in the kitchen so it comes down to the numbers and to actually gain size gain mass gain weight you need to be in a caloric surplus so you have to be following some sort of diet it doesn't necessarily need to be a specific food diet but mathematically speaking you need to be at certain numbers in order to actually see growth So you find your caloric maintenance and then you make sure you're eating above that to actually gain. So for someone who's in the corporate world or working out at home, working out at the gym, wherever you're working out, it really comes down to the math behind your diet and if you compensate a, a workout plan, a consistent workout plan, no matter how many days a week that is, if you're eating in that surplus, you will notice noticeable gain. And then the lean aspect, that's when it comes more into what exactly you're eating and then how, what exactly you're doing into the gym. So that's more of the fine-tuned detail work, but the overall mass development, you need to be in that caloric surplus.
0: So I'm currently doing a bulk because I've reached like very lean levels, right? And I, I wanted to gain like over the next like six months, I want to gain like 10 pounds lean mass. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I'm trying to figure out is, and I'll monitor it like a psycho, right? Do I incorporate exercise into my calorie expenditure? So let's say it's a rest day, but I still walk for an hour. Do I subtract like, 250 to 300 calories from my calorie levels you know what i'm saying
2: this is actually a question i've been getting a lot lately and i've never actually talked about this topic and i don't really find any information about this topic so i'm glad you actually brought that up no you don't ever for me what i do specifically and what i recommend don't ever take into account what how many calories you're burning through your exercises through your cardio whatever you're doing don't take that into account with a diet, because what we're doing with our diet, if you if you calculate your caloric maintenance correctly, you're going to always have an activity factor that plays into that equation. So that activity factor is taking into account the general estimation of how many calories you're going to be burning through your exercise in general. That's why we have that activity factor, and it's multiplied in the equation to get your calories. So if you're taking more calories out of that from your exercise or your cardio, you're kind of counter... You're being counterproductive with what you're already doing with the equation by multiplying that activity factor. So you're, you, it's already taken care of. You just got to have to – well, But yeah. what, if,
0: what if you have a day where like you're extra active? Wouldn't you take that into account?
2: No, not necessarily. I mean it comes out to a weekly average. Each day is going to vary unless you're doing the exact same thing every single day, which is very unlikely for everyone's lifestyle. But like that's why it doesn't really make too much of a difference in the end. If some days you're more active, some days you're less active and you take the total week value, it will even out in the end because you're like I said, you already have that activity factor taken into account. Does that make sense? I got a good
1: question on that. Um, They say like when Michael Phelps was training, you know, he could eat like thousands upon thousands. 12,000 calories. Yeah, because his resting rate of burning calories was so high and potentially from is like activity level being so high. Exactly. Like, so when your activity level's too. high,
2: yeah, when your activity level's high, you are already gonna be naturally burning more calories, you have an increased metabolism, and you have an afterburn effect from the exercise you're doing. So that I mean if you're upping your intensity levels like that through your training, you more than likely have a specific purpose, like a specific purpose of getting really cut, getting really lean, or just really increasing your muscular endurance and cardiovascular system. But overall, like that the reason he can eat that much is because his activity factor is so high. So, th- in theory, if he's properly using the equation, he would have multiplied for that activity factor, making his base metabolic rate, like how many calories he'd be expending naturally, already significantly higher. So that technically would be already accounted for by multiplying with the correct value.
0: So, can you give a quick baseline on how you can, how you can assess? Your calorie expenditure a day. There are calculators online you can use. Mm-hmm. You're
2: gonna get one on Extra pretty soon. Yeah, damn right, you can. It's coming out. Actually, we're already working on it. It's gonna be next level.
0: From what I'm familiar with, most your calorie expenditure is normally your body weight times fifteen, right? It's roughly. So I. How much you weigh right now? I'm like 185 right now. So you
2: burn like what 3,000 calories or like 2,800 calories a day? My maintenance is like. Right around 3,000, yeah, most often.
0: And so, yeah, so if you go on Google, you'll just look up, what is it, Neat Cal- Calculator?
2: So I'm a huge fan of a very simple website. It's like caloriecalculator.net or something like that. But I, I mean, there's literally specific equations that you can follow and be literally very exact and technical. I'm, I'm not going to say lazy, but I'd rather be a little more time efficient and I just put it into an online calculator. I'm not a huge fan of the MyFitnessPal, what it like recommends for your calories. I like this website. I just recommended it, and I'll, I'll give you the link if you want to put it in there somewhere. But well, um, I give you your macro splits too? No. So I do macro splits separately, and that's like a whole different ballgame. That's when we talk about that fine-tuned detail work. But right. for anyone who's just trying to bulk up – Make sure that most importantly, don't even think about macros until you ensure that caloric surplus.
0: And when you assess the surplus, it should be a week-long surplus, correct? Because there are going to be some days where you eat maybe only like you eat at maintenance or you eat 100 calories over maintenance. Then you'll have days where you eat like 500, 600 calories over maintenance.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, it depends necessarily on the caloric cycling method you're doing, how many calories you're supposed to eat per week, how long you've already been doing that. But um, in general, it really does come down to that weekly average.
0: I heard scientifically, and again, I heard scientifically, so I don't have any real research on it, but I heard the maximum amount of mass you could gain
2: in a month is like two and a half pounds (laughs) of lean mass. Is that true? Dude, fuck the science. Like everyone's so different. I really don't think you can put an exact number on it. I I think how how much could you you gain in a month, do you think? i never have done an exact calculation like that. So I can't really say based off experience, but I, what I can say is if you're progressing consistently in the gym, like you're actually analyzing your progression, you will considerably keep noticing gains. So it really, like if you, if you get too crazy on the numbers, I feel like you can hold yourself back because you're going to keep changing shit around and not give your body time to actually build.
0: Well, my question is if it's, if you have, you can only gain two and a half pounds a month. Wouldn't you want to adjust your calories to that? Like, okay, I'm only I'm gonna eat at this surplus because that's the most optimal amount of calories I can eat without gaining fat.
2: Not necessarily. I mean, there's so many different. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're saying you shouldn't eat past a certain point because you can't literally gain more muscle mass than that.
0: You would just be gaining fat.
2: Yeah, and I mean like I said, I don't think you can be so strict on the numbers. I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that you're going to gain all this muscle mass so quickly. And realistically, muscle mass takes a lot of time to significantly build. But like you, when you gain muscle mass, when you gain size, you are going to gain body fat as well. It's impossible not to gain mass without gaining some body fat. You can definitely minimize it, which is what we're talking, we're going to talk about. But like, you can't, if you try to, be very specific with how much you're going to allow yourself to gain i feel like you could cause a limitation and fuck limits
1: my question would be how important is the fine tuning of of like the actual numbers because like i'm also in a bulk right now and when i try okay Miggity. (laughs) hey listen it's low key it's low key um i'm trying to bulk i just eat like as much as i can and i don't like i don't count should i should i be counting like am i am i not
0: well, you want that mean, Boach no. Bonnie bulk method or that, that Mikey Bonkers or I'm <laughs> not surf bulk uh. method right now. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is Mike will eat tons of stuff. Like, he eats tons of shit. Me, I'm a little more anal about what I eat. But then again, he's the pro. I'm not.
2: Well, I I mean, if you want to, The more anal you are, the more results you'll get, obviously. But I'm a bunch more... I mean... In the sense, like, if you're going to be very specific with the numbers and really tailor exactly the micronutrient content along with the macronutrient content, you're going to get better results. But in my case, like, I find that makes the the tedious of that. The tedious process behind that takes away the mentality aspect for me. So it becomes really hard to sustain, and I'm all about making it sustainable. So I'd rather the slow forward road rather than up and down cycles. Fair, fair. But um, regarding your question about do you actually need a track, My, my my answer to that question is if you want to actually monitor your progression, then you have to track meaning you can just monitor weight. But if you're curious about your body fat, then you're going to have to monitor that. Mm -hmm. So if you want to actually build first off, do you have any idea if you're actually in a surplus?
1: That's the thing, probably not.
2: Bro, when I first started logging, I was mind blown with ch- with how little protein I was eating and how little calories I actually was eating because I thought I was eating a shit ton. But when you eat clean especially, you're not eating nearly as much as you think you are. So you yeah. make sure you're in a surplus and then I think you're going to find you're going to surprise yourself that you're not eating enough. Interesting.
0: Amen. Yeah, why? What were you eating back then? like what? what's a base meal for you on a bulk? Let's transition to that. A
2: base meal? I mean, so I always... So, use, so just
0: hypothetically, let's say Surf Magity, you're bulking, right? Yeah. You want to get that clean bulk in, that lean bulk, but that clean bulk. Yeah. What are you going to say, yo, this should be a base meal for you?
2: So if you're bulking, you definitely want to have good amount of carbs in you. You need to add that size, that have that energy. I would say, I mean... Are we talking like a mi- macro split or specific food? Just
0: just like simplify for somebody. Like, All right, bro. If you just eat this every meal, then you're likely going to – and you're in a surplus, you're likely going to make gains.
2: Yeah, I mean so like I'd say honestly two cups of white rice. Now you want white rice actually instead of brown rice because you're going to be utilizing – the um, it's a higher quick it's a higher quick glycemic index, so mm-hmm. it's actually going to help you utilize that energy source from the carbs faster than the brown rice would. Right
0: after that workout.
2: Yep. Well, actually, all day long because you want those carbs throughout your body, and you're building all day. You're trying to gain, so that's the time we actually want to utilize white rice.
0: Oh, white rice is faster glycemic than brown rice.
2: It's so. Uh, I don't want to say anything wrong, but. Uh, I was actually talking to my bodybuilding friend, Troy at the Olympia, and he's actually the one who gave me this tip. And I, that's why I said, I don't want to say anything wrong. Cause I haven't done enough research on it myself, but he was telling me like one of the biggest tricks his trainer told him is always have white rice when you're bulking because it helps your body utilize that energy source more optimally.
0: Yeah. And what I heard similar to that is rice crispy treats are high glycemic mm-hmm.
2: too. And it's like the same ingredient mm-hmm.
0: or like a rice cake. Mm-hmm. But, Something about white yeah. rice.
2: But then I guess back to your question, so like two cups of white rice, I always recommend having a veggie source in there because you just want to make sure you're getting your micronutrient content. And that
0: fiber. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And then, I mean, protein, you want to be maximizing your protein. And this is where I felt so short before I actually logged. Like you want to have at least like 40 to 60 grams per meal. And when you're not really thinking about or locking your protein content, I I often found myself having like 20 to 25. And because like more protein you eat, more satiated you're going to be, more full you're going to get. So you kind of have to understand that you got to force yourself sometimes to eat to grow and the protein intake is going to help you maximize the process while building that lean muscle mass while helping you minimize that fat gain.
1: All
0: right. What's a good protein source?
2: Lean chicken breast, lean turkey, lean steak, like anything lean, honestly, so you can lower the fat amount, but make sure you maximize the protein content. And also a great source for a quick protein, no, uh, no fat, low carb, it's like... Egg whites, just liquid egg whites.
0: (laughs) Okay, we got a problem here, though. What? Surf Miggity's vegan.
2: Vegan. So what are you giving him? No, (laughs) no. What are you giving him? Okay, bro. Uh tofu eat a (laughs) shit ton of that shit (laughs) um i mean
1: tempeh is 20 grams per serving yeah
2: a lot of people a lot of um vegan right you said Mm. a lot of vegans really do struggle with their protein intake so a lot of of, i mean i don't think there's any problem with supplementation either if you are having a hard time getting your protein intake just go get a vegan protein supplement and drink some calories There's there's tons
1: of bodybuilders who are vegan who like yeah kendrick ferris won a gold medal in the olympics at mad world world records as a vegan it's not a
2: restriction it's just you have to figure out the way to make Best out of you it. Used, you could like, not. I'm sure
1: if you went vegan tomorrow, you'd find the highest protein sources and make it absolutely make it good for exactly. you. you know?
0: Can you not do whey protein because it's a milk based protein? No,
1: I use a plant protein mm-hmm. in this smoothie here that I'm drinking right now. They taste like ass, really good. Or <laughs> gain. What,
2: what or is gain. it extracted from?
1: It's pea protein
2: from peas.
1: Yeah, peas are pretty high in protein.
2: Yeah, you piss in it and then just put it in your shake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mikey <laughs> Bockers
2: so
0: this is a question i've this might be a myth but debunk it for me mikey bonkers can you eat too much after a certain point eating too much protein with a meal does your body just flush it out like there's, it's not effective anymore. I heard yeah. if like you eat over like 65, 70 grams, dude, you're just going to like take a dookie and like,
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. After like, that's why I say the 40 to 60 gram range. And that's actually going to vary a little bit depending on the person. Some people can absorb a little more. Some people maybe a little less, but if you're eating more than like 65 grams of protein in an hour, your body can't absorb all that. So it will just excrete it. Plop. <laughs>
0: 65 G's in an hour. So, stay I mean, that's, that.
2: that's like some people may be able to get it with a little bit more, but I definitely taught myself out of that.
0: Well, there's definitely more than if you have a loaded Chipotle bowl, there's definitely more than 65 grams of protein in that, right?
2: I mean, you'll absorb the max. That just means you'll get the maximum amount of protein you need. You'll just oh, excrete it, the rest. Oh, okay. It's not like you don't get the protein, you just can't handle more of it.
0: So, you're saying if you take, eat over 65 grams of protein, you're going to take a dookie? <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. That's, like, kind of mind-blowing science to me. What do you think about that, Nickity?
1: Yeah, you might be um, a, little, a little constipated if we're going to get real. I would imagine <laughs> if you're having that much protein. But not if you're
0: eating fibrous veggies, right?
1: True, true. That's why you always have to keep the veggies in place. All
0: right, so ba- so the Mikey Bonkers base lean bulk meal. You got the the two cups of white rice, you got the veggie, and then the lean source of meat.
2: Mm-hmm. That's just a very very boring but very good example of a bulking meal. But it will meal. work. Yeah, it will work.
0: How could you switch it up if you want to have some fun? You know what I'm saying? You're this corporate dude. You're this corporate hustler. You're trying to build your business. But it's like Thursday night. You're going out with people to a restaurant. What can you eat?
2: I mean, that's the one Mike I've, is a
0: little more lenient with the diet. Yeah,
2: this is this really comes down to, the, we're going to probably differ on this topic because for me, this is why I do the numbers versus the food. If I, have, if I go out, I'm going to eat what the fuck I want to eat and fit it into my diet plan, meaning I'm going to make sure it's going to be able to fit into the caloric and macro structure I have. And that's why I have to plan ahead. If I don't plan ahead, I'm screwed. Like it's going to be very hard to, it's not necessarily hard when you don't plan ahead to meet the calorie goal, but it is very hard with the macro goal. So, if I, unless I plant, I normally plan ahead, but if I don't, then I kind of just tailor it to my calories and allow myself the freedom.
0: All right. So, now we're going to get into the fine-tune work, right?
2: That macro split, boy. Mm-hmm. Can you explain it? And Wait, What does that
1: mean for a beginner? Because I'm not even sure myself.
2: Macronutrients are proteins, carbs, and fats. And then you just you eat a percentage of those a day, and the amount of grams is what you multiply into your total calories.
0: So... You need to eat a certain amount of carbs, grams of carbs, grams of protein, and grams of fat in order to bulk. Yeah. And then after you get your macros done, you'll have room to move around however you want. But if you're starting with protein, you would normally start with like your body weight in grams on a bulk or mm-hmm. more.
2: I mean, roughly the average equation basically is like one to 1. 1.5 grams per, um, grams per body weight for Pound your protein. Pound of body weight, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, and- I mean, if you're on the very athletic side, working out a ton, I'd recommend really maximize that and go up to 1.5. But I actually don't normally do it that way. I just go off the percentages. So I'll, I'll do my t- total calories first. I'll get the total calories and then I'll do my protein percentage, and which is normally if I'm really focusing on maximizing protein intake, it'll be 40 to 45%, which is very high. And That's then, like very high yeah, for reference. Yeah. But when it's in a bulking caloric surplus, I'll probably stay more on the 40% side and do like 35 percent carb honestly it might even be 35 percent protein 40 percent carb really depends on exactly what week i'm in on my cycling methods but then i'd normally just remain the rest with my fat so i'll put the fat as the remaining percentage and then i'll take that into grams but my fitness pal puts it into grams for you so you don't have to think about that
0: (laughs) so mike sorry, mike so what he's saying is like listen let's say you're 200 pounds right you burn three thousand calories a day right 40% 40% of those 3,000 calories, this is if you're eating at maintenance. Mm-hmm. So, let's actually say you're 175 pounds, you, you're, you're eating for 3,000. At maintenance, I mean, 40% of the 3,000 has to come from protein. Does that make sense?
1: It makes sense. I so, think, how, I what's think the math on it. that? 40% of the... F-
0: of 3,000. It's like 1,200. So, you need 1,200 calories from protein. Then you have your carbs, which would be like the white rice. And carbs tend to have more
2: calories in them, right? Carbs, carbs and proteins are the same caloric base. Fats are lem- the so are high. carbs. Carbs and protein is four grams. Uh, hold four on. calories per gram. Four and, and fat four cal- cal- Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So four, uh, carbs and proteins, four calories per gram. And then fats, five, nine calories per yeah. gram. That's why it's important to like.
1: Limit the fat that you eat because we really wear the fat that we eat, so it's it's so caloric. So, when you're adding oils, you're adding, um, especially if you're like gonna have a very fatty piece of steak, like you're, you're gonna wear that. So, um, do we
0: know that for facts?
1: I mean,
2: look around at our country, I think it's
0: <laughs> well, but but you need fats. No, I'm
2: not saying you don't need fats, I'm just saying the problem is too many. I will say Americans because that's definitely the worst population of it. Too many people eat too much saturated fat versus healthy fats.
0: Okay, elaborate on the difference. We're um, coming through with the value, the
2: science value today. Let's huge, go, Mike. Saturated fat Is this how you
0: would want to run a podcast?
2: <laughs> this is exactly what I want to release bro. <laughs> go ahead. Um so yeah, like you wanna have more poly and monounsaturated fats, which is what Mike was saying comes from oils. But and,
0: but drop the science term. What what are those? Is that avocados, eggs,
2: avocados, um, like oils, like oils, yeah, seeds, yeah, um, this. nuts. You find them in nuts. Yeah, Brazil nuts. nuts. Love them. Pause. But yeah, that's ex- exactly. Like I mean, the more you can clean up. That's why a lot of people have a hard time maximizing protein intake while also not getting too much fat, but having like, but having the right amount. Meaning you have to. Buy lean meats and then do your own type of oils and things like that if you're really focusing on the fine-tuned details of your macros.
0: Okay, so here's a question. So I've been doing massive meal preps, right? And I prepare like four days of meals at a time normally. And what I've been doing, because the grill I use is broken, I've been sautéing in olive oil, right? Do you count the olive oil that's absorbed into the chicken into your total calorie count? Yes. You do?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: If you're being, I mean, depending on exactly how you're cooking How do you it, judge that? Like, you, well, you take an actual measuring cup of how yeah. much oil. And yeah, the- so let's say I
0: get, I get like six teaspoons per, like, thing of chicken. Sorry, Mike. I eat chicken. My bad, bro. No, you're good.
1: <laughs> Keep at it. <laughs>
0: but let's say I do like six teaspoons, right? And mm-hmm. then it's like 12 pieces of chicken. So I'll say for every two pieces of chicken, it's one teaspoon of olive oil. Something like that, correct?
2: To my knowledge, at this point in time, it would be, you would take into account all of the tablespoons, teaspoons that you put into the actual making behind the meat. And then if you're making a total abundance, what I would do is take the total calories, divide them based on how many you're having, like how many serving sizes you make, and then you would um, divide or just figure out the math of how much was put into the total for the f- the oil- olive oil and then divide like that by each serving amount. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, exactly. So, if I have 12 pieces of chicken and I do 6 teaspoons of olive oil, I should add in every 2 pieces of chicken, it's 1 teaspoon of olive
1: oil. Yeah, like, I don't Math off a, the top of my head. <laughs> that's a bitch. Oh, yeah.
2: You're eating it, so.
0: So, I know, but it doesn't burn off in the process and the calories Just, burn off or...
2: To be honest, I don't know too much about that right now. To my understanding, I. From what people tell me who really religiously do this, like I use meal prep through hard body meals, so I'm not really the one cooking it. Um, but the what, from my understanding, it's like Mike just said, you're still eating that, you're still consuming that amount, so it doesn't like evaporate, you know what I mean? But they must wear off, some will burn off for sure. But I would say the majority is going to be absorbed. It's like the same thing, like if you have a little bit of ketchup you're dipping your thing into, that is calories, like you can't just neglect it. Maybe it's not. Exact, but like we kind of doing our best, you know.
0: Well, I, I think one thing I learned I forget the YouTuber I was watching who's like the crazy bodybuilder who does the most insane meal preps for himself, like the nutso one, Jay Cutler. No, not Jay Cutler. He, he might be a he's olympius this guy's Olympia something, but his meal preps are insane. And he said, Listen, you'll buy eight ounces of chicken, but that's before it's cooked. Mm-hmm. And so when you cook it, the eight ounces actually turns into like six and a half.
2: Oh yeah, you have to measure after you already do things. Yeah.
0: And so how would you do that with a scale?
2: Yeah, you a, a gram scale, um, just anything you can do to weigh your actual meat.
0: Okay, so let's let's wrap it all back up. So you're a corporate dude, you're a corporate hustler. Even you might even be a lady. I'm sure it's going to fluctuate a little bit, and you want to bulk up this fall. Give me the two-minute plan. Go. Simplify it.
2: Caloric surplus. Eat above your calorie maintenance. Maximize your protein intake. Maximize your carb intake. Let the fats be the remainder. So that's going to be your macros. At least 40% protein. And then fill in the rest. Keep your carbs high. And then, like I said, fats be the remainders. Those are the numbers. And then for like a training program, you, stef- you definitely need to be focusing on a program that's going to be gaining you mass. I like to recommend power building. So that's a combination of strength movements where you're focusing on strength, the power, power lifting, and then bodybuilding. So you're focusing in the hypertrophy range to really maximize the fibers that are needed to actually grow for the muscle mass. So that's kind of the process behind focus on getting stronger, mass. focus on building. You have to focus on gaining. And then at the same time, like we said, don't take into account the calorie expenditure. You need to make sure you're eating enough. And I think that's the biggest thing that people can't do when it comes to bulking. They think it comes down to training harder, lifting more weight, and it really comes down to eating more. And then when we're talking about minimizing the fat gain, you take into account the numbers. So you don't you do that caloric cycling method. Like I like to recommend, I told Connor this, to change your calories in like a six week process. You do like a hundred calories more each week. And that's a method you could do for a caloric cycling method for your calories to gain mass. And then yeah, everything else kind of just falls into play. Oh, also, I want to make a point. Don't stop doing cardio. Limit your cardio, but don't neglect your cardio. It's so important for your cardiovascular health, and you want to make sure that you're still, not, you're still burning calories. You want to make sure you still have a fast metabolism, so you have to be actually doing your cardio to make sure you're not. That's going to help you significantly minimize your fat gain, and a cardio style I'd recommend is high-intensity interval training. You do not want to be doing long cardio. You're not trying to waste any muscle mass. You're just focusing on the fat loss aspect and really ramping up that heart rate to burn some extra fat.
1: You you got a plan
0: now. You got to find that plant-based protein. Amen. But that actually helps a lot about the energy expenditure because I've been wondering that. So listen, we're going to transition because big Mikey Bonkers over here is turning into a CEO. I love what I'm seeing, man. Thanks, dude. You're a great guy. But you've taken a total business shift like last like four or five months, you'd say?
2: Absolutely huge.
0: Why did you, is it something you always wanted to do was to grow a business or why most recently have you decided to put in so much effort to
2: grow it? After I graduated college and my old partner and I split ways with Anabolic Aliens, it I really made the decision like, this is what I love, this is what I want to do, and it's time to scale the fuck out of it. I have all this value. I have all this experience. And I have a lot of direction. I have so many goals. It's time to maximize it. And I got to that point where I, I use the word influencer lightly. Like I was building my social medias and building a follower base and I could help promote products. But the influencer life was not necessarily one of my own. I was dependent on other companies. And I really made a switch to work on myself, my business, and make it something that I can start having people promote things for me. I have my own products. I have full control over my financial stability and the potential to make a shit ton more than basically working for another company. Now, that's why I've kind of transitioned to saying sponsors. I say partners because we're working together to help each other grow and they help me advance. I help them advance. So it's a partnership rather than an influencer type deal. And so I've got to that point where I couldn't do all I wanted to do anymore by myself. I got my medias, my business, like everything got to a point where it scaled up to the point I couldn't handle all of the work by myself or I'd literally go insane and never sleep a second and it'd still be more work to do. So I was like, I can either keep, Mike
0: also still edits his videos, which is insane to me.
2: So I'm like, I can either stay at the point I am, which is going very well. I mean, I make a great living. I, I'm, very, I'm doing very well financially with what I'm doing, but I want to build a team because I want- to reach way more people and make way more of an impact and fucking make my place in history, honestly. So, like, the team is helping me expand more and having the time to be able to do more.
0: So, at what point, so you realize, okay, I'm kind of reaching critical mass with all of my own efforts. What was it specifically where you were like, okay, I kind of got to start reaching out to other people to see if they can help me with my vision?
2: So, like I said, I'm doing a thousand different things right now. Like, but so...
0: Mike just got back from the Olympia in Vegas. Whoa. (laughs) Um, Still was getting loose.
2: But um, real talk, like, I'm doing a thousand different things right now. I have my website. I have all my social media platforms. I have my app. And then I have all my partnership responsibilities. And then I travel. I do public speaking events now. I'm doing all these different things. I'm starting to get into acting and stuff. Like, that's enough... And that's way too much to balance on my own already, but I was doing it. And honestly, one of the biggest things that I find value in what I do is being able to actually answer people, help people, and form new relationships that can not just help myself advance, but help other people grow as well. So, all that I was doing was incredible. And I'm very lucky to have so many opportunities, but the advancement that I want personally and business wise would be limited if I didn't have people helping me stabilize and give me the room and time to grow.
0: Well, I was going to say, do you think you're just shooting down too many arrows here? Like, If you were no. just to focus on one or two things, you could... No.
2: I've came to a point where I work on systems. So I build a system that's sustainable and that's one that has a lot of room for growth. But all the employees that I'm getting on right now, I'm in a stage where everything is so new and it's the first time I've ever had employees. I'm setting them up in positions where it's a little sporadic right now, but in six months, they're going to be able to have full-time jobs with Anabalc Aliens if they want it. Like, I want them to be set into a position where they're going to be able to build teams under them. So the growth opportunity right now that I'm setting up is insane. And that's why I'm so appreciative that they're kind of bearing with me during the development stages. Because not everything's set up, but I have all the intentions of literally the positions they're in of having full teams per social media platform, per Business module that I'm running. There's multiple systems that are in place you're now that are able you're to You're creating
0: grow. upward mobility. Exactly,
2: and because and that's the thing though. I was saying like it got to that point, and the main point was I'm right now. I'm eight weeks behind. Literally two fucking months. I haven't been able to answer Instagram DMs. Now, to the normal person, a lot of people don't even check them. A lot of people don't give a fuck. They don't even pay any attention. They I would not get response response from so many different types of people on social media platforms. It's just how it is. But to me, actually seeing them, getting not just topic ideas and ideas they be, but actually make content for myself. I'm able to see problems. And if you can problem solve and use your own stories and experiences to help solve those problems, you're not just building a brand, but you're building a module that will just consistently grow. So that's why I always find value in answering my YouTube comments, answering my DMs. And even though I'm wicked behind, it's I'm gonna go through eight weeks of freaking DMs to this make is stressing you out, huh? It's not it's something that is a priority of mine, but it still hasn't happened yet because there's so many other priorities. And now, as the employees get in set and everything is in that balanced system and able to function without me necessarily having to pay 100% attention on it, I'm going to be able to do it. And I am going to do it because I get the feedback and I'm able to grow off that feedback. And as I grow off that feedback, I'm able to provide more value. So it all really does come into play. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people actually neglect as a business, not hearing their audience, because you're doing it to provide value. More value you provide, the more. Not just financial benefit you'll have, the more you'll be able to grow as a company.
1: whoa,
0: are you ever worried people are gonna think you're totally
1: nuts? <laughs> That's <laughs> too late
0: well, I mean we're both wildly passionate, right? Mm-hmm. and so sometimes when I get like really in my zone it's it's hard to it's hard to express it to someone how passionately you feel about something. So sometimes when you get ramped up, you seem like a lunatic.
1: Absolutely.
0: So I've been trying to figure that out with myself. Like, how do I still see through someone else's eyes that I'm working with and understand how they're they're not necessarily going to care as much about this brand as I am. It's gonna be it's gonna be a learning curve.
2: See, that's i would not saying I'm disagreeing, but i I feel like I already have talk shit
0: to me, man. <laughs> fuck Let's hear off. It.
2: But I feel like I already have an idea of how to handle that. And maybe Mike can actually attest to this right now, but like I said, a lot of systems for employees, like I'm working on developing a timesheet. I don't even have a time system yet for logging their hours. I'm kind of going off a trust system. Like they're telling me what they're when they're working, what they're doing, and then I'm just going to pay them out for now. And I will have a timesheet set up before the next pay structure. But like that's, that's not really like a good business module. Like I didn't set that up yet and I I don't regret it. It's just like I wish I was a little more prepared in that sense, but I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't have probably gotten employees if I wasn't able to have a little bit of freedom and that's why I met all of these guys who are in college right now who are part-time How did you meet them? Connor, thank you for the connection. <laughs> but basically what I'm trying to do is be myself. Like I know how I work. I know what's gonna be able to be functionable for me, and I can't change how I do things right now. I'd rather be able to develop a system and be my happy-go-lucky weird self. Go to a meeting, like hit my dad' bed and go talk to my boy. Like I call him my voice. Like so I talk to him like they're friends. I don't talk to him like they're employees. And I art and I give them incentives. I have percentage bases We can make more money on top of all the hourly, on top of the hourly wage they're already getting. And I I tell them all this opportunity they have for growth, and I'm constantly asking them like how I can help improve the process because I'm so new to it and I expect to fuck it up. <laughs> I expect to be wrong, and I want to be wrong in the sense that I can get better because there's no way I'm going to be perfect first off the bat. So I appreciate these guys for like helping me find what's wrong and be able to be better.
1: All good. All set.
0: Surfing, it Dealing with issues.
2: So <laughs>
0: Mike came. Quite clearly, those these caffeine pills are hitting right now. Are you feeling them? I uh, Can caffeine we get some... An- never enough caffeine. <laughs> Can we get some Anabolic Alien-sponsored caffeine pills?
2: Yeah, I already have them, bro. Well, not Anabolic Aliens. Prosis.
0: Oh, Prosis does caffeine pills? Hell yeah. That's actually a great segue. So, let's say you're early on in the influencer process, right? I've been reached out to by a couple brands, right? Mm-hmm. Not as an influencer, but as a podcast with a little bit of leverage in the city. How from start to finish do sponsorships work do the sponsor reach out to you so did prosis reach out to you and said hey mike we love your content let's do this or did you say hey i'm already trying prosis right is there anything we can do together then can you explain how the money works you pitch them hey i'll be a an ambassador for you for x amount of dollars or they they send that to you
2: there's different stages to this in the beginning you have to think about your financial standpoint and what you value as well. In the beginning, this is actually probably one of the biggest mistakes I made and was taking deals that I didn't give a fuck about to take some compensation to help me proceed.
0: Give us an example.
2: Like I'd like a headphone company would send me a pair of headphones and pay me 250 bucks to put it into a video. And like in the first two years when anabolic aliens didn't really have substantial growth or a big following base, it was like I, I could use that $250, but like, no, I could use that two hundred fifty dollars. No matter if I really like those headphones, like it's basically an advertisement. I mean, I need the money to help do with the shit. So that's what I'm saying. It's
0: tough, especially if like you have no bread coming in because you were scraping mm-hmm. through it for two years, right? But
2: that's why I say it really at the stages because if you need the money, take the deal. Like business wise, obviously, fucking do it. But you don't want to. You want to make sure if you are doing that, you don't lose any value or come off as untrustworthy. I was gonna
0: say is it, but. And Shouldn't you be thinking long term?
2: You should be thinking long term, but I'm saying if you need that money, it's not. Why wouldn't you take advantage of the money they're offering? I'm talking like in a smaller sense, like taking brand deals in the beginning two years of your business when you're really trying to grow is not going to decide what type of business you are. It's how you utilize that brand promotion. So if you talk about your experience, like listen, this company is paying me headphones, giving me headphones, and paying me to do a review. If you're genuine about how you promote it then you can't just be like these are the best headphones in the world and you've never tried them Yeah, it, but would you go
0: up to the aliens and be like, hey aliens, I know this; these headphones are shitty as hell but they cut well, me a check so don't worry about it, bro.
2: That's different. I mean, you negotiate. You shouldn't take a product that you've never tried before. <laughs> like, So that's you had ridiculous. headphones in the beginning that you had tested out that were just, like... There's been a couple different experiences but I'm just saying like... Like what specifically? Uh, like, like shaker bottles, um, weight scales and just little things like that. Headphones, yeah. But I'm saying like... In the beginning, you may take some more deals that you wouldn't necessarily take down the road as you're more established. But how you take those deals is very important. And this is where I think I messed up. Meaning, now, it's easy for me to say, like, be as genuine as possible. And that's why it's easy for me to talk about shit now. Because everything I do, like, I'd do if I wasn't with that partner in the first place. And that's how I look at sponsorships. But in the beginning, I was like, fuck yeah, I need, like, give me that money. I need to use it and put it back into the business. That's what I'm saying.
0: We... Luckily have created a small community of influencers in the city and a lot of them are just getting started on monetizing their brand So what would yes, you so say I'm
2: saying for them at that point in time it you if you take it genuinely and Don't ever promote a product that you never actually tried. Like, that's ridiculous. I've never done that, and I think if you do do that, then you're just being kind of a scum because you have no idea about what you're actually promoting. When I say you can take deals that you wouldn't necessarily take down the road because of the financial standpoint you're at, what I mean is you're not going to be promoting a shitty product, but you may be a little more strict down the road when you are more established, but at this point in time, that $250 could be used to your advantage. So as long as you're genuine about why you're taking that deal, then it completely changes the game as to what exactly the purpose of that promotion is. It becomes much more of an advertisement. That's why I said in the beginning, I've always said sponsorship versus partnership. It's a sponsored post. You're getting paid to post it as an advertisement versus something where you reach out to a company and be like, yo, I fuck with your product. Let let me promote it. And that's when you form partnerships. And that's what I do nowadays. But in the beginning, I always was doing sponsorships because I needed that money. I, if I got an extra grand in sponsor, in sponsored post a month, that would significantly help me be able to advance my business. But as I start making more money and my business becomes more established, I could be like, I don't need $250. You can really start valuing yourself more. And I think, honestly, the biggest mistake, honestly, I made in the beginning was not necessarily sacrificing genuineness. I, I always have been genuine with what I do, but I don't think I did a good job from i don't think i did a good job embracing the fact that i was taking the money for a financial benefit to help advance my business versus this is the best product i've ever had and now i make sure it's a brand uh, i actually want to oh partner you would with. go
0: sales mode with a product back then, make dude this yeah, product's awesome
2: ex- yeah because like that extra but you also didn't know exactly you learn but like back then i still would recommend it to people i just think i would If I were to go back, I probably would still have taken the same type of deals, but I wish I made it more clear that it was an advertisement rather than coming off as like, this is my favorite thing in the world. Because now I'm like, yo, I actually love the products I work with and I may have in the past sacrificed a little bit of trust in that sense, but I think I've worked really hard in the last two years rebuilding that because I've just completely reestablished my mindset and how I promote to my audience.
0: So... That's actually a great point because, hey, why would we run a podcast like this specifically? Like, dude, this podcast is totally just, like, structured, not really an interview because I want to start creating content specifically that you can literally just watch and people can just get their answers from because that's what it comes down to the podcast. Are you learning? So that's what's going on in this brain. (laughs) Surf, Miggity?
1: I mean, your brain is is a fascinating place, Connor, I have to say. Sicko.
0: <laughs> I feel a little sick. <laughs> also, Mike, you did a great job on the podcast, bro. I appreciate it. I loved your episode. It was yeah, awesome. it was fun. You talked about veganism extremely profoundly. A lot of people texted me. So what I'll, get a, I'll get a lot of people texting me saying they listened. And a lot of people said, hey, man, Mike kind of wanted to make me try out veganism for a little bit.
1: I got a ton of friends who hit me up and were like, send me videos. And, of course, I had, have all the resources people need. So I like, it was fun for me. What was the doctor's name again? Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. Esselstyn, yes, <laughs> the father of veganism. Sounds professional.
0: Yeah. The father of veganism was a dinosaur, bro. <laughs> it was a, true. It was that. It was that uh, a <laughs> apatosaurus. Apatosaurus. <laughs> yes, sir. Audiobook. So, all right. I want you to talk about the prosus deal because that's a big deal for you, right?
2: That's my new supplement sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Sales mode.
0: <laughs> yes, but what I'm saying is that's like a good. That's a big deal for you to partner with them.
2: Yeah, is, a, is this a
0: partner or a sponsor?
2: Sponsor. It's a sponsor. It's a sponsor. <laughs> it's a partnership. <laughs>
0: okay, so you reach out to them, or they reach out to you?
2: So I'm going to reverse that question and talk about exactly the difference with this experience and why I'm with them. Um, meaning, they reached out to me. Okay. Now, the reason I'm partnering with them is I want you to think about it from a business perspective as well as a personal perspective. Business wise, where where am I spending money? Supplements like I'm spending hundreds of dollars a month on supplements. So it's already, a f- like it's already money coming out of my wallet. You so have I-
0: those supplements pump through your veins, <laughs> yes sir.
2: So how do I not pay for something I'm already using? Partner with a supplement brand. So when they reached out to me, obviously I researched their stuff, I tried out their products before. But you were, you were not using it prior. I was not using as prior, no. And, but like I tried the products, they work great. And to me, it becomes much more of a, like a growth opportunity Personally and business-wise, like this business partnership deal is not only going to eliminate an expense for me, it's going to provide me the ability to help me grow better in fitness. It's providing me all the supplements I need, and I'm going to be able to help grow that company as well because I'm promoting products that I'm using on a daily basis.
0: Do you, it- do you ever value or examine a, co- a company, their brand, and their trajectory beforehand? Like, oh, process seems like they can kind of create a space for themselves in the supplements market.
2: So, absolutely. And that, it, like I said, the value I can now be very strict on with partnership deals at this point in time with Anabolic Aliens, I take into account every single action and opportunity. And it's not like these deals are made in a week you like that's don't think partnership deals are made in a month like it's back and forth emails constantly trying products working out negotiations figuring out how you can benefit both parties see
0: if you like the people
2: yeah like you have to fuck with you have to vibe with not just the product but the company and because you're going to be in constant communication you're going to be doing monthly responsibilities and you want to be able to literally help each other grow so you're not just Promoting a product, you're promoting a brand and a brand that you can help believe in because if you believe in them, it'll help support your brand as well. It all works together, and um, yeah. So that's kind of how my like, yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: so so pros is so they reach out to you, right? They said, "Anabolic Aliens, Mike Rosa, we love your content, dude. We also love the fact that you got like almost six hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, and we love your app, blah blah blah." Okay, we're gonna send you some product right mm-hmm. yep they you some product you try out some whey protein whatever they got for pre-workout the caffeine pills right they say you know i actually do kind of like this product let me try some more yep then you said hey I'd, I'd be interested in partnering with you guys you say something like that right no i mean
2: i said that from off the bat like a supplement company said to me i was looking for a supplement sponsor it worked out perfectly
0: and then they say okay well this is what we're thinking for money man you don't have to disclose any of the numbers they say that, or you pitch that to them?
2: It, it depends on the, like where you are in negotiations and stuff. I try to always make the company pitch a number first, and then I upscale it, and then we try to work out a middle You say,
0: that route. is so disrespectful. Do you know who
1: I am?
2: No, absolutely not. <laughs> but what you do is leverage your audiences, and that's why the social media platforms are so important because you show what impact you can make before you even start promoting a product. So that's why the both party, mutually beneficial aspect is so important. You use your leverage, and then kind of see what you can negotiate. Then you decide if it's worth it or not. And they presented me with an opportunity that was financially very beneficial. And they also took away that expense that I was talking about. So it was like a double whammy.
0: And then when do you take into account, okay, these are, I'm going to be marketing to the aliens worldwide, right? Yep. When do you take into account like, okay, this product might benefit me, but it might not benefit my audience? Do
2: you That's, ever think about that? Nope, because I make sure to cover that ground with Prosys. One of the first things I look up with, the fir- one of the first things I look up is, are they actually a reputable company? So, And do they ship globally? Do you ever think about that? So Prosys is a European-based company, um, and they do ship globally. That, of course, is one of the main things I look up since my audience is so internationally based. But so Prosys, I look up if they ship globally but i look up more so if they're already established they have a huge following on social media so i already know they're respected they're valued and they have some kind of grounds within the supplementation community so they already have a successful company i make sure nowadays before in the beginning i worked with some more smaller based companies that were more growing at that point too. Now I try to make sure that each company I work with already has a consistent system for themselves so there's some sustainability and a long-term partnership that can be established. And that's what I saw with process They offered me actually a six-month contract and everything, like we worked out terms. And I like their brand, awesome.
0: it's really clean.
2: Yeah, well actually it's funny because they reached out to me for supplementation. Obviously that's what I promote, like the main supplement aspect. But when I was looking on their website, they have so much variety and the Anabolic Alliance brand is always is always preaching variety. Like that's one of the main things I preach and they don't just have supplements, they have food, they have clothing, they have literally electronics on their website. So it's like, fuck, I can get all this shit for having a supplement sponsor? Hell yeah, then I can promote even more stuff. It, make, it honestly is the best case scenario. Mike, questions? Good?
1: No, that's dope. I was just gonna say that like I think what makes your brand so valuable as well, Mike, is that you have people who are just learning like the fundamentals of weightlifting to people who are like going to be full on, just like you bodybuilding themselves. So I think the fact that you could partner with a company that's it's providing that variety for people who may want to try caffeine pills or people who you know want to supplement and bulk up. It's, it's huge. I think you
2: seeing his energy today. I mean, you should try to do a little <laughs> caffeine like, pills. I'm a little low energy right now. <laughs> <laughs> but real talk, like you just said, like the website, it's not just sports nutrition. They have like mental health like products. They have stress relief products. It's all wellness. So it, I don't care if you're a powerlifter. I don't care if you're a bodybuilder. I don't care if you're working out three days a week just to stay in shape. They have a product that can help benefit your life quality. Yeah. It's about overall health, which is awesome. Exactly
0: okay i got three more really great questions i think are going to be cut up great for some content you ready let's do it who's ready i'm ready so go ahead take a sip of water ready. (laughs) so you were kind of just explaining it and and well right at the start you explained okay dude for the longest time i was reaching out to all these companies and my checks were dependent on other companies and other people, at what, and at a certain point you said, okay, I'm gonna use YouTube, Instagram, and some of my other social platforms as marketing tools to drive business to both my website and Xerprise. Can you explain the importance of that for influencers?
2: You cannot live off sponsorships you they're too inconsistent there's no stability financial stability like you will go crazy if you try to make your brand off sponsorships you can only go so far and it really limits your room for growth because if you're focusing on just promoting other products you can't focus on building your own so that's one of the biggest mistakes people make when they first start off as influencer and that's why i use the term influencer because that's an influencer you're promoting other products based off your following versus a business where you have your own products and you have partnerships where there's spot there's partnerships where people are partnerships where they're giving you products to help provide your like life quality and advance you personally which also helps advance your business and they all play together financially and blah 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 but that's all secondary meaning you need to have your own products and able to actually make a solid income off what you're doing on social media meaning that's why it's so important to have like actual passion and love what you're doing because you need to be able to focus on building your own brand and that's the biggest difference between an influencer versus a business if you don't have products to sell apparel is not just a product unless you have a clothing brand if you make a piece of clothing and sell it cool that's fucking awesome like hopefully you make Maybe you can make a couple thousand bucks. Maybe you make over fifty grand on it, but that you're gonna have to keep doing more clothing to keep making more money, and that's when it turns into a clothing line, which is a business versus a one-time thing. That's not a business module. That's not sustainable. You're gonna have to keep doing new shit, and that's when it turns into a system. But I'm talking about like sponsorships. Those are one-time actions unless it's thrown into actual like long-term partnerships where they're paying you on a monthly contract. So. That's kind of where it comes down to. Um, you use your social media platforms as marketing to actually promote your own products, and you have full control over that, and you're able to grow your own brand. So as you keep organically growing your social medias, you are constantly, consistently promoting what your products are, what you're continually selling, which increases not over only your personal value as a brand and your business, but then you have partners, and you're doing all this different stuff. And just if you're a successful business, you have multiple <laughs> forms of revenue coming in.
0: How are we going to fit that in a one-minute clip? There's no way, but nonetheless, listen real quick, Mike. The one thing I really like about why you do that is, I had asked you. I was like, dude, what if one day Instagram or Facebook or YouTube just goes down? Yeah, Yo, it, it could you, happen
2: any day. Honestly, you have to plan for that. If you imagine influencers who are solely based off sponsorships, and all of a sudden their social media following is gone, you are fucked.
0: <laughs> I know.
2: Was there a point where you had a realization? You're like, dude, if this, if YouTube is gone, I'm done for. Honestly. I'm going to give credit to Scott Herman. When like, I first met him, one of the main things he said was that, exactly, YouTube could die tomorrow. So ever since he gave me that advice, I've taken that extremely seriously and have effectively put into efforts to build my own business since that point on. And that was, about, that was before the Anabulk Aliens blew up, so I was able to put systems in before.
0: And how many downloads does x Surprise have now?
2: Over 150,000 active users.
0: We never even talk about that. That's crazy. The app's great, dude.
2: Thanks, bro. it's just growing. With the it, dude, it's growing organically more and more every day, which is insane.
0: Well, because you're providing real, real value. You're making working out easier and more transparent for people, and just giving people steps. Like, okay, some people go to the gym; they got no idea what they're doing. You're literally saying, "Dude, pull up this on your phone, and you can just step through this."
2: Well, one of the biggest differences too between my brand and I think a lot of other brands is a lot of brands. Their business module is they have to keep making new products, meaning they keep coming out with a new ebook, they keep coming out with a new program. And that's awesome. And obviously, that can be a very successful business module. But the way I look at ExitPrize, I could completely stop doing work on it and it's still a great product. Like, you're, it's still going to organically grow. It's not like I need to keep making new stuff for That's what it. jerry
0: Pilata said to the author he yeah. was like just focus on the product yeah just but make I, a great
2: product yeah so the product is fucking awesome but now i'm like i'm gonna make it better so every time i do new features i'm thinking i'm gonna scale the fuck out of this thing because if i did nothing it's still awesome if i keep doing more it will be fucking history making
0: i actually learned that from you and it was very important to me you were like, dude, you got to focus on whatever you're doing, making it as good as you can make it. I know it sounds really self-explanatory, but then I was like, okay, I have to honestly, I understand long-term, I'm not going to be a podcast host my entire life, but I got to focus on making this
2: podcast like incredible on every single asset. See, that's, I actually slightly disagree with that because I think when you have your whole business being very successful five years down the road, you still want to do the podcast. That's... No, no.
0: Yeah. But I'm not going to be a podcast host when I'm 50. Why? Why? Because I don't want to be. I want to be. Well, something if you don't else. want to be,
2: that's completely different. But if it was, if you liked it, enjoyed it, there's no reason you shouldn't be. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm tapping out of the business whatsoever. I'm saying I want to use this as a point to to evolve and mm-hmm. glow up. Yeah. You're a great guy. <laughs> don't you ever try to test me again? <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill you. Okay, listen. Oh, I just gotta pull up the notes. All right, you got to try to consolidate this answer into a minute because we gotta talk Instagram really fast. Sammy Sutherland, if you are listening, you can use that other stuff for a clip. That stuff we just did—that's the the editor. Okay. Okay. Yep. Let's real quick. So you've rebranded a couple times. You're now you're not just that home workout guy anymore. So, Mike, initially, if I'm right, you were known for the big home workouts. You still are. They still get tons of views. Mm-hmm. You, it's
2: my most popular segment.
0: Eight-minute abs at home, whatever. But at a certain point, you've transitioned into Anabolic Aliens, the app developer slash entrepreneur. That's kind of in the space you are right now, right? Yeah. How important is that for influencers to constantly reinvigorate their brands? Go.
2: I wouldn't say necessarily reinvigorate. What I mean is once you establish your brand, you keep on working on building your brand as a business. But it's very important that you keep being successful with your social media platforms and growing an audience because like we were talking about, it's your marketing platform. So as you keep building your personal brand and audience, you can keep building your business. And as you expand as a business, that's why the micro content, all of that content you're producing, the free content is so valuable to actually make content that's gonna be bought and purchased because they trust you, they respect you. And you're able to actually leverage that audience to make a whole successful business that's able to grow and grow. So as long as you have the ideas behind the business, you're unstoppable. Boom. A plus. Smash. Was that good? Yeah. I don't even remember what the question was. That was. More- <laughs> 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 I don't even remember what you said.
0: <laughs> um, okay, cool. So one more question. The Boston influencer scene, right? Yep. It's a Boston-based show. <laughs> Young Matt Damon
1: boston boji whoa that's the new one
0: i like that zay bridge boji so listen boston is there are people who are newly growing their followings can you give a quick a, a quick breakdown on what you would do if you were restarting the anabolic aliens brand what you would do differently like some of the early mistakes
2: you made lose the fucking ego post and post and post stop giving a fuck about what everyone else thinks provide value with your post don't just post a picture to have people look at you actually provide a message behind that so they can take it back with them and help benefit their own life because that's the whole point of following someone they're offering you something that can help benefit them, whether it's comedy, whether it's v- education. No matter what it is, you need to provide value. So that's how you build a following. Stop thinking you're better than anyone. Use collaborations. Grow as a team. Like you're never alone in social media, which is really cool. And if you think you are, you're limited.
0: <laughs> Wise words from Mikey. Cool. That's cool for a clip. Quick question though, as we're wrapping up here, how important has ego been for you though? Because we're both, we both have pretty decent sized egos. Honestly, there's no no way we can
2: (laughs) deny this. I don't really think ego is the right term. I think it's confidence versus cocky. And I think if you're able to actually,
0: that's not what ego is, dude.
2: Ego is confidence. I mean, there's a difference. There's multiple levels of ego. There's there's people who have a cocky ego. There's people who have a confident ego. And I think that's when it comes down to the genuinity behind what you're promoting.
0: I, I totally agree how do you navigate that fine line between okay i'm the big boss dog right i'm big mikey bonkers i'm 24 and i'm i'm making tons of bread and i've built this for myself and (laughs) i'm mikey bonkers and i'm on a mission and i have a motor how do you navigate that because it's tough sometimes
2: just be my fucking self dude i mean there's no other way to do it that's why do you understand what i'm asking though rephrase it do you ever get caught in your own head no not anymore i I think my biggest problem was not, I never really, negative comments never bothered me, but I would be constantly thinking about so many different things about what could go wrong that or, I didn't really value, not value, I didn't really embrace what was going right and how I can make it better.
0: How important is proving people wrong to you?
2: I don't give a fuck about other people's opinions, dude. I don't care about proving them wrong. I just want to do my thing. And because if it works for me, it can work for someone else. So that's kind of the module I take into account now. Like I don't even really, I'm not saying I don't follow anyone, but I'm not constantly checking other people's progress. I'm not really checking my competitors because I'm going to do it my way, and it's working right now. So, I mean, I'm going to do what's working.
0: I think one thing I've learned this year, which has been very, very important for me, is people don't care about your issues. It's the truth. They don't. And it's it's not even to sound messed up, but people don't care. Like, I, in my brain, I... I was like, okay, Mike's running ten minutes late, but I didn't. I didn't necessarily care that you were in the car. I didn't necessarily care that you were in the car and you had to drudge through traffic. Nobody really cares. It, but at a certain point, when you realize that, it's like, oh my god, that's kind of dope because like, no one cares. I mean. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you guys? Or so, am I-, I think
2: some people care. Like,
0: no, 100%. I care about you. You're a like, great if guy. If you
2: said to me, I'm
1: having some problems, I would give all my attention and say, Connor, like, let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, what
2: you the know? fuck? You don't care I was in traffic, bro? Fuck you. <laughs>
0: well, it, it's impossible for me to enter your brain and see what you're seeing. True.
2: Sure. Well, if... If you said you were in traffic, I'd be like, all right, <laughs> fuck. Would you be like, oh my
0: god, no, please, Bojboni, I feel so
2: bad for you. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it just comes down to like a respect thing. Not that she do not care, but like, it's not, if why take the negative approach when you can just be like, all right, move on.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I gotta be honest, what I just said was brain dead.
1: <laughs>
2: it's fair though. I think my, my, in well, my, late
0: my, p- my point is like, if you mess up. You, the failure, you're going to think the failure is a
1: much bigger deal than anybody else does. My late grandfather once said, mm-hmm. you're born alone and you die alone. And it's sad, but I think it's true. and I think it sums up what you just said.
0: But you don't live alone.
1: No, you don't. Ooh, I like the
2: combination of those. <laughs> oh, well. Yo, fuck, I'm tweeting that today. <laughs>
0: hey, listen, I had a, a great time. Surf Mike, you did a great job today. Did you have fun?
1: I had a great time. Thank Dude, you. Get the fucking work. <laughs> yeah, you
0: with that being said, you did great. I, I, I think we came through with some hashtag value. It was much more guided than most podcasts.
2: I like what we did today. You like structure. dude. I like, this is exactly what I want to start putting on my channel. Exactly what we did today.
0: I know, but you were ripping off the caffeine pills, man. You're scaring me a little bit sometimes.
2: <laughs> I'll take yeah. as much as I need. <laughs>